All right, live from the south side of Chicago. It's all over the place. It sure is. Pat McGann here with Jim Flanagan. As per usual, it's a balmy 97 degrees it feels like outside. It is hot, dude. It's nice and cool down here in the subterranean. It's good to be here in the basement. It's good to be with you and the Brimleys. It is. It's uh, a breaking news episode. We're going to start off hot with some breaking news. Boom, 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 boom. Is Michael Winslow a guest today? <laughs> I have no idea. Sounds like the guy from Police Academy. I saw Bobcat this weekend. You did. That's not the breaking news, though. Speaking of uh, Police Academy, no, but right. hang in here for a second. Tell the Brims about Bobcat because he's recently moved to the western suburbs, right? Yeah, Bob. Um, I believe his wife is from the DuPage County area, and so uh, he, you know, a lot of people are moving to different places during the pandemic, right? So uh, Bobcat just moved to uh, Winfield area. He said that. I feel like I'm not breaking any crazy news. He's done some articles and he talked about it at the show, but he's been, uh, yeah. So is there's it Winfield a, or Wheaton? Winfield. Oh, Winfield. Maybe he a family in Winfield right over. They Very should, nice know, out there. Train track away from each other, but he's not uh, screaming anymore. He's not eh, a little bit. A oh, little does bit. He? Yeah. He's great. He's so funny. If you get a chance to see him, uh, great stories. He and Robin were really tight. Uh, him and Robin Williams. So he's got some great stories there. Uh, super funny, but yeah, those can't see, be verified, <laughs> but if you see a dude wandering around the Western suburbs who looks like Bobcat Goldthwait, just might be. Yeah. That reminds me of a, um, a gig I did during the quarantine. I was doing a zoom show oh, yeah. and this guy was like a motivational speaker, like getting the team fired up. Like, you know, and I'm a big sports guy and I love to make analogies. And you know, when I was hanging out with, <laughs> when I was hanging out with Yogi Berra and you're like, you know, Harmon Killebrew. Oh God. Harmon used to always, everyone was, everyone was dead. That's all. That's exactly what I led with. <laughs> it's like this guy, oh, this guy's dropping everyone's name. No one can verify a single story. Oh man. It was, um, it was just so like obvious Yeah, because it's like, I can't picture these guys hanging out with this guy. Yeah. Um, very interesting. But anyway, um, and I, I have a Robin Williams. Uh, I've been staring at Robin Williams all weekend. We're in Atlantic City. Okay. Sebastian's doing a little residency, basically. Yeah. Now, these shows were canceled in June of pandemic, 2020. Okay. And have been rescheduled a couple times. So right outside my dressing room is a Robin Williams. Uh, like a plaque? Poster from okay. when he was there. That's and awesome. he toured. This is kind of strange. He toured under like weapons of self-destruction. That was a name of the so tour it's him and it says that wow and uh man we could talk about robin williams for a minute yeah we definitely could but not today into the uh the breaking news that we tease the brimley's bum, with. Bum, bum, bum. yeah sebastian just announced um a big addition to the tour unreal that nobody does this tour he um released all the arena dates today he did and if you are listening to this uh on the day of release it, it will be the tickets will be on sale tomorrow correct wednesday wednesday 10 a.m local time that is it says incredible. here use the code nobody i'm still looking at these dates because i was given a lot of these but i didn't see i mean this goes into 2022 with montreal and toronto and this is incredible. Ottawa, I hadn't seen that going back to the forum, but in November it really kicks off going into um, Tampa, Atlanta. This weekend I had my eye on. Uh, I'm very excited about this one going into Cleveland, Detroit, and then December 11th in Chicago at Look the United at Center. Three straight nights, the Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, Little Caesars Arena, into the United Center. 
Yeah, it's going to be great. And a lot of people have been reaching out. When are you guys going to do something in Chicago? When are you going to do? Because he's releasing the dates and we're both Chicago guys. Yeah, yeah. So everyone's been asking him and dying to tell people December 11th, the United Center should be a lot of fun. Um, going back to Boston too, I see Pittsburgh. Last time we were in Pittsburgh and Buffalo, these are great towns. We would, we would be doing like, you know, theaters. Sure. And now he's doing arenas. Arenas. So. That's incredible. I mean, it's, you know, doing theaters in big cities is amazing. But like, once you start to get like, like, you know, uh, arena size in Buffalo, that's right. unheard of. You yeah. know, that's incredible. Congratulations, man. This will be a lot of fun. And enough for the Canucks. Look at this. You got, you got uh, Ottawa, Montreal, and Toronto all set up back to back to back. Yeah, it's going to be great. And I know he's excited and um, he was fired up about the announcement and everyone should go because the shows have been really great. Absolutely. A lot of fun in Atlantic City. Have you been to Atlantic City? A couple times. All for like 24-hour trips, though. I've been there twice for shows, but it was all kind of, you got someone driving you to and from, you know what I mean? I yeah. wasn't like able to really get out and hang. We went one time. I got to uh, open for you at a uh, small, uh, at a theater. At oh, the of course. Borgata. Is that right? Yeah, because I wanted to tell you something about that. Because <laughs> I was like, oh, God, Jimmy and I were in this room. Yeah. So we're doing the shows upstairs. Sebastian's okay. shows are in like the big... Um, event center. And then you and I did the music box, smaller venue, sure. but still beautiful theater. Big. Make no mistake. Awesome venue. I think it's a thousand seats. I think so. 900 to a thousand seats. I think so. So they did have a show down there. They have a comedy club that kind of runs through that room. Okay. Um, it's sporadic. It's not every night, but then they'll bring in like, you know, mid-level acts. Sure. Maybe. So they had air supply. Really? This weekend. That's awesome. <laughs> and so I do my f the first show, and then in between shows, I went down and watched some air supply. <laughs> it was like, as I do, if this Delta gets around, everyone in here is going to need some <laughs> air supply. What's That's a great name for the, all these people are Absolutely. way above. <laughs> it's just, the yeah, the guys in. singing were 80 years old, dude. <laughs> Watching these guys and God bless them. I they don't know them. Supply. I don't know them by name. Um, I'm looking up some of their songs. Um, Making love out of nothing at all is one of the big hits. All out of love. I know that one. Everything's about love. Everything with these guys. really is. These dudes. And that's the secret these, of longevity, huh? They got into music to make out. Yeah, and they're still smashing forty years later. You know, at one point they were all out of love. It's <laughs> so lost without you. Mm -hmm. Then they have a song without you. They do. Um, and they have Lost in Love. The one I saw live that I was like, oh, I forgot about this one. Hit me with it. This is good. Even the Nights Are Better. Remember that one? Oh, yeah. I would not have been able to tell you this was Air Supply. Yeah, it is. I don't yeah. know how much time we have we before we get that. fired. Yeah, we got to cut that. Breaking news. Air Supply got us busted. Even the Nights Are Better. That is definitely a better version <laughs> of it. Yeah, um, really good... Uh, just to see air supply. Like, what? So random. You ever think that, like, anyone left the band because they're like, guys, listen, I'm having a lot of sex now. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> I don't need this anymore. Like, I found someone. I'm, I, I'm in love. None of this applies to me. Because they, they were a one-trick pony for sure. It's one guy. It's two guys, really, okay. that were, like, the same age. And then you know how they build around the band. Like, all they really need is that guy. That's it. The singer. Yeah. And then this other dude. Um, and then it was funny because, like, then the drummer's, like, 30. You know, <laughs> please welcome our grandson. <laughs> exactly. Um, 
So that was what was going on in Atlantic City. Yeah, we had a good time out there when we went. We yeah, were kind of in and out of there too. We were. We were like um, Michael Spinks. That's how much time he spent there. <laughs> I was reading about some of the events that have been in Atlantic City and that Mike Tyson, Michael Spinks fight, the championship fight that we- Michael or Leon? Michael. Okay, Michael Spinks. Oh, you're right. Yeah, it yeah. Was, remember that was such a big one. Yeah. And, and um, Tyson knocked him out in like 90 seconds. Just, yeah, absolutely. I and forgot people, that was Michael. And people thought it was fixed. He was the champ at the time. Yes, he was. Yeah, and that was uh, when Tyson, it all started to come together Man, for Iron Mike. Man. But that's what I think of when I think of Atlantic City, like boxing. They do the Miss America pageant there. Sure. Um, I think a Boardwalk Empire. Boardwalk Empire for sure. Fantastic show uh, about the about the prohibition days out there. There was Enoch a, Thompson. Yeah, there was a time when I went there. And the guys, so Nucky Thompson, right? You got it. Is the character, but his, his the real guy was maybe Lucky. There was a or there was an Enoch Johnson or something. Oh, like Johnson, that, close, yeah, yeah, like yeah, Nucky yeah, Johnson. Nucky yeah. Johnson, that's what it is. It's close, but it's right. I, I w went down that rabbit hole. Yeah, I can't remember all of it right now. But the hotel, one of the big, the old Ritz, is still there, man, where he lives. So you can see that the where we're at, the Borgata, is not on the boardwalk. Just explaining to people, it's a little bit off. Um, it's really nice resort kind of. The most like Las Vegas, probably. Sure. And then the other ones, the boardwalk, a little seedy. Yeah. Right? But gritty. There's a lot under the boardwalk. Yeah. There's, uh, it's not all good either. Yeah. And Lindsay, who runs our tour, is from Atlantic City. Oh, I didn't know that. So she has that perspective, right? And she'll kind of tell us where to go, what to do. Um, but she took us all to a, um, a Nucky Johnson restaurant, this place, Knife and Fork. And they shot a couple scenes from, from Boardwalk in there. Wow. This restaurant's been around forever. That's been And they have ass. some of that cool stuff there. Yeah. In Atlantic City. Um, Here's who he is. Ready? He was a uh, Atlantic City political boss. He was the sheriff of Atlantic County. He was a businessman and a crime boss who led the political machine that controlled AC until his conviction and imprisonment in 1941. This was a fictional character that Steve Buscemi played based off of him, but... Uh, a lot in there. Yeah, right. I wonder if the Commodore was a uh, fictional character, too. I hope not. Was that Dabney Coleman? I believe it was. That's a great call. Dabney Coleman the is uh, the Commodore. And there was, who else broke in that show? There was like some young actors that kind of came up out of that show, too. So for me, that was my first introduction to, uh, to a, a gentleman I knew as Chalky White, who had previously been Omar from The Wire, but I had not seen it yet. So, I mean... Uh, Same. Michael K. Williams? Yeah, right? Same. I, got, I met Chalky before Omar. You hear that? I had some brims yell at me because I said Chalky White is Omar, and they're like, Omar is Chalky White. True. And I can appreciate that yeah. perspective, but I watched it in the same order. I don't know why that was. Um, I missed a wire the first time around. Yeah. If you had told me he was in it, would have watched it a lot sooner. I've got a wire situation going on at home. Uh, uh, you know, I like to shop local, right? It's important to me. So I, I go to this target right down the street and, um, they have rented out like I most of their, say, I like to <laughs> I shop local. I like to go to stores very far from me. <laughs> I, I like, if I, you go to the target, you go to the target closest mm -hmm. to you. That's <laughs> the best bet for me personally. They've like rented out most of their parking lot to just semi- trailers. So it just looks like season two of the wire. Whenever oh, you drive in, they've just like, I mean, you can't, there's like just people duck, you know, jumping out around semi trailers and stuff, just using it as a storage area. I mean, I, what are they storing there? No clue. Just trailers. I have no idea what's in them. There's no like front cab to it. No trucks. No, 
They just drop the trailers? Yeah, it really just looks like the dock season of, uh, that's what I think of, it's just the wire every <laughs> it's time. It's an eyesore, huh? Yeah, makes it more fun, though. Unbelievable. Everyone's, I wonder which one has the people. See, it. it's not it's not all paradise in the suburbs, <laughs> people. It's not all have fun with no sidewalks or streetlights. Be running into abandoned trailers. It's the way it goes. Are they on wheels? No. Oh, it's just the freight. Yeah, it's really weird. And it's just taking up like most of the parking lot. They just like, we don't need it. Let's uh let's rent it out. I wonder what that's about. No clue, man. I, I ask around, but the 15-year-olds who work at Target don't really seem to give a shit. Have you called the, the local chamber? I have not, really. Have, have you been to the involved. condo association meeting? <laughs> hey, I enjoy shopping local, but I may not be able to. I may have to go to the other one in town, the other Target, across town. You got to hold the door for someone at the condo, <laughs> exactly. at the chancery, and just say, hey. Hey, no, no problem. Hey, by the, by the way, you notice all those trucks up there? and the like, Target? Don't get me started, man. <laughs> don't get me started. How you guys just bond? <laughs> Over the grievance. Yeah, the um, the Atlantic City scene, I enjoy. I didn't get to the boardwalk this time. I'm going to go out. There. We're there three weekends in a row. That's awesome. So we're going back there this weekend. Um, you know, that's where the, uh, the the Monopoly streets are. Yeah, okay. Like they're legit. All of them? Like you're driving down and you see Marvin Gardens. Wow. And um, Park Place and all the, um, what are the, uh, what are some of the good ones? St. James. I was a St. James guy. I like to collect the orange ones, the light orange. What about you? What was your... I didn't play Monopoly a lot. What? I should have. I'm not a money guy. Oh, I think Monopoly is for people that have that, that streak, right? That they're after some dough. They're going to sit down. I almost think that you should put it in front of kids and figure out who's greedy not Pat, interested. Are you saying greedy people play Monopoly? Is that what you're getting at, Pat? Greedy people. Okay, I got, no, no, no. I, w- I don't know. I don't want to say greedy. I just want to say people that click with that. I would love it if every city had a monopoly uh, layout like that, because at least in Atlantic City, I would be able to take a pretty decent guess as to where to go and what streets to stay off of. You know what I mean? <laughs> be like, you know, we're not making a left in Mediterranean. It only costs 60 bucks to live there. Don't go on uh, C- Connecticut Avenue, <laughs> Kentucky Avenue. Yeah, only St. James Place right third there. Turn. Absolutely. You Oriental Virginia, Avenue. I'm in. Baltic Avenue. Yeah, Baltic, I'm out. 60 bucks for rent. That's not enough. I just remember Marvin Gardens. That's a great one. Yeah. Is that one? It is, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's the yellows, right? With Atlantic and I forget what the Ventnor maybe. Yeah. And then Pacific Avenue. Yeah. What was the, and then what were the ones that you, what's the whole, how do you play Monopoly? Sure. Sure. So you. Is there uh, dice? You do. You, I want to be the dog. You, it's basically most of Monopoly <laughs> is fighting over what piece you get to use. Were you a dog guy? Uh, I'm trying to think of other ones. Was there a top hat? There was a top hat. I was a race car or a thimble fellow myself. I would I would try to be the race car, and if it wasn't there, I'd take the thimble, just be a weirdo. <laughs> now, why would you be the thimble? Why wouldn't you want to be the thimble? Why does it sound like you have a lisp when you say thimble, <laughs> thimble. don't you? <laughs> are you saying symbol wrong? No, thimble. <laughs> so what are the pieces? That's a great question. Um, there is a top hat, right? There is a dog. There is a car. There is a thimble. I was the car, I think. Yeah. I like to have the... I'm very predictable. I could see that. Um, trying to think of what else there would have been. Car, the dog, wheelbarrow. Wheelbarrow. I missed that one. People are yelling about wheelbarrow. I, I guarantee it's like an unlaced boot. Oh, yeah, the boot. I remember the boot. Yeah, well, I see thimble, wheelbarrow, boot, dog. The dogs remind me of Toto. Remember yeah. A ship. There's a ship. Oh, an iron. A ship. Oh, the iron, of course. And uh, that was, if the ladies want to play, sure, you can play. But you know what you're doing after this. 
<laughs> Just push it right in. <laughs> Why is there an iron? What's the, I would love to hear the, welcome to a very special all over the place. We're in the place, the Monopoly place. We're going to break this down, analyze why a thimble. This must have come out during the Depression. It and absolutely. People, this is what kids played with. This was, uh, this was the amount of joy that was in the world. Hey, how about a fun top hat? How about a little wheelbarrow? My kid loves wheeling that around, take some laces out of the shoes. That's our fun for now. Dude, I'm telling you, there, there is, when you look at the logos from that point in time, there is not a lot of separation between the Pringles logo Monopoly guy and the Mr. Planters. Oh yeah, right. right? They I do. feel like the uh, like they're, they're all the same country club. They all hang out together. Mr. Monopoly with that when he's got that monocle in, it looks like the Pringles guy and the Peanut had a baby. <laughs> That's what I think Mr. Monopoly looks like. So he is a monocle too. I, you know, in some right? of these pictures he does, but in in the overwhelming majority of them he does not. So I don't they, know if some of these are bootleg drawings that I'm seeing on the interwebs as we speak. I don't know. I haven't really gotten too into it. The creatives love to um, stereotype the wealthy with monocles. They do. Creatives might not be the best word for these people <laughs> if they just make them all look like the same. What if it's the peanut, but like a person? You want to just do that? I got to tell you, I love each of those people. I like Mr. Peanut. I like, uh, they tried to kill him recently. They did. And they brought him back. They had a baby, right? There was like a baby peanut. And then uh, I believe they brought the Mister back. Yeah, it's all ridiculous. It really most is. most of that stuff's out of control now. But does Mister Monopoly have a name? Uh, he does. It is. Uh, and I'm sorry. He okay. So this must be an unofficial drawing because he does not have a uh, a monocle in any of the official uh, any of the official renderings. He does have a name, and this is a solid hot dog right here. Uh, let's go with Hall Ben Marshall Satchel. God, the, the Mel Franklin. One. Mel Franklin safety box. <laughs> okay. Homie Kwan. Do you know who Rich Homie Kwan is? You don't. Uh, the name of him so is, name is Rich. It's Rich Uncle Pennybags. Rich Uncle Pennybags. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to play. Mm -mm. That's when I'm, I'm just, <laughs> I'm done. I'm just remembering the handing me all this stuff. You know, like organize. I was like, are we starting? Like, you got to set your thing up. You got to get your, set up your bank. I'm not setting up a bank. There was a banker who thought set this up was the a bank. game. Yeah, you you had to like get organized. You had to keep track of things, collect rent. I'm not on top of <laughs> any done. of that. I should have played. I should have gone to Monopoly Camp. Yeah. See, these are the things that we have to come up with. Monopoly Camp. That's we a good have to one. come up with. Like, we're not doing sports camp. Okay. Uh -uh. There's plenty you of got those. those. Right. We're, you already got send those. Send your kid to us. We're going to teach him how to be a fucking human being. Uh-huh. We're it's human being camp. We're going to teach him how to get organized. We're going to teach him how to, you know, get, become more well-rounded. Yeah. Maybe talk to him about a little crypto and some stocks, get him through. We're going to tell him, teach him how to, who the monopoly guy's name is. Yeah. Balance a checkbook. Balance a checkbook, change oil. I mean, we can't do this ourselves, no, no, but we can we put should, our name on it and hire counselors. We should attend this camp. This sounds like a lot of fun for me. <laughs> we'll observe it. We're going to be running it. Yeah, we'll be mean? part of it. We'll audit the classes. What do you mean we should go? It's we our should, camp. I know, but we should pretend we know what we're doing to some extent, right? Bramley's, would you, well, I'm not even going to No, they're grownups. They know, <laughs> they know how to handle money. I did think that the 90 second, it was 92 episodes. And then he asked us to send us their, ch our children for a week, <laughs> for a week of camp. 
That's hilarious. <laughs> it's our 91st episode. It's our 91st episode. Sorry, I didn't get mean to get over our skis. I know that we will have a 92nd. I hope so. I want to have uh, maybe something for the 100th. I think we should have something for the 100th. Yeah. Like yeah. a live thing? We're going to think about it after 101, aren't we? And go, we should have done something for the 100th. I think that's a great call. Maybe do our 100th live? is the live. 100th episode live. Yeah. Do it at like Zany's. Yeah. Right? We should uh, figure out how to do that. That's a great idea. Can definitely do it. What, what, what would be Brim's feedback on this? 100th episode live. Would you come? Let's find out. Let's ask. How him. much would you pay? <laughs> <laughs> how much you would be? Would you be willing to spend on something like that, Brims? No. Would we have a, got uh, a great off-air story about that? Specific. Would we have a uh, a live show? I right? love that. And then um, when do we do it? Like a Sunday evening, maybe. Yeah. Like a good time to record a podcast. Maybe like a Sunday afternoon, like five, four, yeah. five. Everyone could go to dinner afterwards. We're going to have to check everyone's schedules, but this sounds like a great idea. This would be a lot of fun. 100th episode. I mean, because that, it's like, why why are they doing a live recording? Well, it's their 100th episode. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. They made it. They did it. I love it. All right. We'll get back to you, Brims. We'll get a picture of Wilt holding up to 100. That's not bad at all. The episode. He'll be our guest. Was Wilt an Olympian? hang out with Will Chamberlain. What? You can't. (laughs) Did you hang out with him? No one can verify that story. We were talking about Tyson. He was an Olympian. He was an Olympian. I just saw, before we get into the Olympics, I do want to talk about it. Has everyone been tuning into Tokyo? (laughs) Can you say that? I don't know. Tune in Tokyo? just did. Why not? Uh, That's a thing that that people did with the- uh, With boobs. As an excuse to touch someone. It's it's in Police Academy. I get it. I think it is. I got a lot of Police Academy references. Sure do. Listen, tune in Tokyo- the Olympics are in Tokyo. You turn the TV on. That's what I think of. I know. It's just so funny that you're like, what do you mean you can't say that? It was in an 80s movie. <laughs> Those have all aged perfectly. <laughs> right. True, true. Come on. They did that in Porky's. You're going to come and get me? Glory hole? You're going to come and get me or talk to Goldthwait? <laughs> come find him in Winfield. One crazy summer. Dude, that's what I think of when I think of him. He was so, I was like, this guy, I didn't know I needed this. This is, He's my favorite person in the he's world. The best. But now you go back and watch it, and it's a little bit too much, maybe. Agreed. But yeah, he's brilliant, dude, and uh, directing a lot of comedy specials and, and things. I didn't uh, know he was the director of the Jimmy Kimmel show for quite some time. Oh, he was? Yeah. Oh, I, I didn't, didn't know, know that either. He tells a great story about that, where Nickelback came in, and they're like, you can only shoot the lead singer from the front, because he's got a huge nose. And he's like, okay. And then he's directing, and like with 10 seconds left, he's like, all right, everyone get a nose shot. Every <laughs> like directed every camera to do the nose shot. Are you serious? So damn funny. Oh, it's such a great story. That's hilarious. I mean, that seems like a guy who's in Hollywood, but not like in. in ho- right. And doesn't want to be no. in. Would rather fuck with Hollywood. I mean, this is a dude who yeah. set the Tonight Show on fire, right? Back in the day. Right. Like, this is a dude who is okay on the fringes. Really is, but also kind of came in. Got in in a, in a weird angle. Yeah. Right? Did, I mean, and got big through Hollywood. Like, r- respects it, appreciates it, I imagine. But like, eh, I'll stay off to the side. Is there anyone that really does that anymore? Like, those kind of characters? Like, we had a lot of those growing up. People that, um, I don't know if you put Jerry Lewis in there. But like, just these guys that were, when they were on, they, they weren't themselves. Pee Wee Herman. Yeah. Um, Bobcat. Like, you didn't see them not being... Kinnison, in a way, like he was yeah. just, he had a thing. That's not a, that, that's not a great example. 
Um, yeah, his was more like a shtick versus theirs was like a like a character. Right. Like uh, like Rowan Atkinson playing Mr. Bean in different things type of, but that's really mostly his stuff. Mr. Bean. So, but that type of... Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga, right. She's kind of one, right? Yeah. I mean, who else is like that? And how do you... Like Lady Gaga is like fully committed to that yeah. almost, right? I don't know. That's got to be tough. To always be in a... Big in hip hop. They all have monikers, different names. Yeah. You know, different personalities. It's a good point. I didn't even think about that. It's a, it's a made up world. A lot of these people are really out there playing pretend. Isn't that better though, right? Like, cause it, I didn't do that. Is that cheating? It was Rich Homie Quan who did that. It wasn't. Is that cheating though? Is that like, I don't know. I don't think it is. I think it's really creative. I think it's also got to be. It's gaming the system a touch, right? It may not be cheating, but there's a little bit of a, there's a little bit of a shortcut there in some capacities. It also sets boundaries or barriers or, kind of you know like I mean? that too, right? Kind of boxes you in. I mean, you know what it's like us out there as celebrities, people know <laughs> real names and addresses. I mean, right. What if you were, you know, what if you were Pat Cat Goldfarb? Like what if you were something different and, you know, not everyone could relate that to Pat McGann, the person. People are coming in there to see Bobcat and they're, they're seeing it for the first time. You're in your twenties. Maybe you probably didn't see one crazy summer or police Academy. And that is, you kind of are unseeing that through the years. He's morphed. Yeah. He kind of got away from that. Um, but I love seeing man, like, oh when man. we went to Zanies that night, he's like, dude, Bobcat, like, yeah, it's a big deal. It is a big deal. Anyway, very fun. So you know what else is a big deal right now? We started talking about it. Yeah. We started talking about, I wanted to talk about this though, because this is kind of up your alley before we get into the Olympics, Mike Tyson. Yeah. I'm watching like Pawn Stars or something the other night. They had a Mike Tyson's punch out I love video it. game. I love Unopened. It. Oh, like in the plastic. Oh. It was like, what? Yeah. What do you think this thing was valued at? I'm going to say if it's original. And it was grade A. It was so they grade, oh, it was grade graded. A, grade A. Um, Half a million dollars. Not autographed. Half a million dollars. It was, I think it was $93,000. Okay. I drastically overestimated. I'll tell you what, though, that but stuff is gaining traction big time. They, he said, I'm going to, guess that this is it. I don't think there's a real uh, like ceiling to this because some there, there might be someone out here who would pay like a couple hundred thousand dollars for this. When you look at the rarity. So, I mean, some of the stuff used to go for three, four hundred thousand dollars, like the rarest of the rare, um, last week or earlier this month, I don't know exactly when it happened. Um, the legend of Zelda an unopened, unused copy of legend of Zelda went for $1.56 million. Wow. Yeah. It is collectors, man. Dude, I called my parents. I was like, why did you let me open that? <laughs> what the hell's wrong with you? I mean, it's their fault. I had Hogan's Alley. I could be hanging on to that right now. I mean, is that not the move to just go buy things right now and ha have like a little warehouse of unopened, trendy, popular things? I think the problem is the moment you start collecting them, they stop being collectible. You know what I mean? Like, it's the fact that, like, one random weirdo did that, and, like, I'm never going to open this Zelda game. You know, if there were three of them, it's going to go for a hundred grand, right? right? It's the fact that there's only one of them in existence out there that, like, that makes them so incredibly I wonder valuable. if, like, someone did do that. Like, I'm going to put this on the shelf, or if they found it in a warehouse, or, you know, somebody that was that worked for Konami yeah. or whoever the hell made that one. 
But I have that game. I still have it. That's I got awesome. punch out right there in that closet. I believe it. You're less than 10 feet from Mike Tyson <gasps> from a $500,000 video All right, game. Calm down. You opened it. You've used it a couple of times. <laughs> it's a little bit different. Yeah, it is worn out. I never beat Tyson though. No, me either. My brother did. I used to tell people I did because I saw the ending, you know, and it was like at that point, what's the point, you know? I mean, I feel like that's a, an elite club if you beat Absolutely. Tyson. Absolutely. I beat everybody else. It took me a long time to beat Soda Popinski. He gave me a harder time than Sandman. Soda Popinski's a tough dude. One of my favorite things about video games is like, congratulations, you beat the game. Now, here's a list of everyone who made it. Like, what the <laughs> hell is that all about? You're like, oh, you know, right. like, Hashiro Yamahasa was on this one. I had no clue. Like, why? Like, I don't understand. That's your prize. You know what I mean? You get to see a list of whoever developed the video game. It's more for them, right? Exactly. That's more making them heroes yeah. than, than you for like beating the game. Put it in there. Oh, I love that though. I think that they probably got joy out of it too. Like every American kid, they're finally going to conquer this and they're going to see who made it. <laughs> you had nothing to do with it. You are welcome. I Ma did this for you. We made a medallion so you'd buy it. <laughs> But was, this has nothing to do with Italy. We, we're not Mario or Luigi. Look at these letters. You ever see these in a row? <laughs> All together? Learn something outside of your own country, America. Yeah, the um, most of the games, they're all from, from there, right? Absolutely. Most video game development is from uh, Asia at this point. Absolutely. But you can get into the gaming world now. Like, that's a complete, like... It's flush with opportunities, jobs, everything. I was just talking about this the other day because there's so many things that have gotten like, I mean, now obviously there's Twitch and all these streamers and people who are making millions of dollars just because other people watch them play games. They're so good at it. Right. Or some of them are not even good. They're just entertaining. You know what I mean? And like they're, they get their asses kicked all the time, but they're hilarious about it and they get a following. And even like with all the dispensaries opening up, like a lot of my friends who were just kind of lazy potheads, like their, their calling found them. They're back. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. Yeah. It's like, you know, they had a tough go in the early 2000s. And now it's like, oh, yeah, I'm working for this growery. I'm like, man, you got real lucky by legislation in the state you live in. That's a complete reflection of society, right? It's true. Having time to be lazy and play games. Yeah. That's a multi-billion dollar industry now. That's a great point. Like, get off of Fortnite. I'm not playing, I'm not playing, you think I'm playing video games? I'm, I'm taking part in a multi-billion dollar industry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm advancing capitalism. Yeah. What are you doing with your time? <laughs> you know how many yeah. jobs have been added Ugh. to the economy? But enjoy your podcast and your stand-up comedy. Yeah. Keep leaving the house oh, for a entertainment. thousand people were in that theater? Oh, that's really nice. There's four million on the stream right now. You think I was going to come to your show? I just lay here. I'm not going anywhere ever. That's great. Yeah. So um, the guy offered him, I think, $75,000 like on the spot. And the guy, he didn't take it. He walked away. He's uh, He was going to hold out. So I did see that one sold a couple of years back for 85K. So now I feel like it's got to be. Oh, it might have been a rerun too. A couple hundred grand. You know, I didn't see it was on there. I don't know where it sold from, but anyway, so if you, if Brimley's, if you guys have any unopened video games from the eighties, send them to us. We'll take a look at them for you. We'll grade them. And I also want to promise if we do the hundredth episode live, we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> we're not talking about video games for five minutes. <laughs> okay. That's fair. We'll do better. We'll be good. We're going to have like, we have a loose agenda today, Brims. Yeah. We're going to have a hard agenda yeah. and some crowd interaction. 
Maybe play a game. Maybe play Hot Dog Jefferson. We don't even have a venue. A little we hot don't dog have a game. date set. Jim, we got two months. You're right. Right? You're right. You know us. All right. We'll get, Watch we'll get there. Watch me. I love it. I'm I got in. new. I got a new uh, approach. We're going to have a date for this 100th episode. Uh, well, I don't know when, but soon. <laughs> Before oh, 99. Wow. And even if you don't like us, it might be a good time to tell us why. You know? So either way, come on out. Buy a ticket. All right. Come on out. And, uh, and we'll have a live vote on whether it's appropriate to say tune in Tokyo. We'll have a live vote. That's how we'll, we'll kick the show off. Pretty good way to find out. I'm naming this episode that. Tune in Tokyo. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's good stuff. Have you been watching? So you've watched a little bit of the Olympics. Is that correct? Yeah, I've been watching a little bit. Yeah? Yeah, I'll watch it. I love it, man. I get so into sports I've never otherwise heard of. I didn't see this event before because I was watching swimming. They take five rings throw them in the pool and then in the lane, then the country has to dive in, collect the rings and then come out and put them up like the Olympics. Like, and they have a board. <laughs> Camp, is that real? No, okay. that's not real. <laughs> like, so but that was a game. I was like, that, they, like that could, they could do that. <laughs> that would, that would promote the, promote the logo. It's like, what are you, how many gummy yeah, bears did you eat before you watched that? <laughs> my daughter could be in it. There's a, there's an age range. Cause I was like, how can I get my kids to watch this? Like they're not going to care about this, but they, if they were diving for rings, yeah. they would be like, Oh, look at these. He's down there. Look, oh, he's all the way down there. It's got two that time. <laughs> you know, that would be fun to have a kid Olympics. Yeah, that, that would, be. that could be one of them. The kid Olympics. That'd be great. I made the mistake of, uh, and people love it. Great. Good on you. But I made the mistake of watching the uh, opening ceremonies. I had some time on Friday. I was off. Oh, and, yeah. uh, you know, they had an opportunity to really shorten that up with no one in attendance. And they did not take it. <laughs> they did not. Oh, they, so no one's there. There's like, you know, there's a few journalists and things like that. They're obviously for safety. And there's a, there's a lot yeah. going on right now. And I totally understand that. But, like, they didn't speed it up any. You know what I mean? And a lot of the athletes, like, weren't there. Like, a lot of the swimmers, because they were starting so early the next day. They didn't, you know, they were like, they, they just stayed home and watched it in the Olympic Village. and. Right. Did whatever debauchery they were getting after there. Yeah. Do you think that's still happening? I'm sure. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, mean, now once your event's over, I would feel like more likely. That's the only thing that could like save it for the athletes, <laughs> you know, cause they gotta be bummed. Yeah. Everyone around them is probably, you know, they're, they're saying the right stuff. Sure. Like it's still the Olympics. Right. This is still, come on. It doesn't matter. No one's here. Eh. Right. It kind of <laughs> does. Yeah, it does. It's a zoom show. It does. But Hey, it's the Zoom Show Olympics. <laughs> it really is. Yeah, they're looking out there. It, it's got to feel a little strange. It looks like tryouts when you turn it on. Yeah, it really does. Dude, I love it. I'm watching sports that I, I normally don't watch. I'm watching volleyball the other night. It's probably not something I'm going to watch typically. Which you know? game did you watch? It was uh, the women's USA versus Nigeria. Okay. And um, the Americans look good. The announcers were saying that China is the team to beat. Yeah. They're really good. Um, trying to think here what else they were saying. Because it is it is well done. Typically, the, the announcers, they give you a lot of stuff that you're, you're wondering about. Yeah. And they will make it personal. They have stories about most of the athletes. They got the backstories like, here comes so-and-so. Remember, she was asthma as a child and overcame it. She, this is her first Olympics. Her mother's here. Her mother is dying. Here she is right here. She has nine masks on. She's the only one in the building. She'll be dead soon. This is the only Olympics she'll ever see. Like they're always like, they, they hook you. They're kind of pretentious though, aren't they? Like they're, yeah. they're very, like there's no personality. It's, it's always, hello and welcome to the 43rd Olympiad. My name is, right. who cares? I'm not going to give you a personality the whole time. And 
here you'll see from Cameroon, we have the the Cameroonian contingent. Like they're very, it's very much like watching golf for two and a half weeks, but it's lecturous. Yeah. Luxury. Yeah, it say? is luxury. Yeah. But I, I like it because it's, it's like, why am I watching this? I almost think that sometimes like I'll turn it on because it's the Olympics and right. I just kind of want to know a little bit, you know? Yeah. And I'll turn it on. And then I'm like, I love water polo. Yeah. This, I should watch water polo all the time. That's it. Cause they do, you're right. They do a very good job of like getting you focused on like, this is why you should like this person. Right. I just wish they had like an enemy, you know? Like, uh, and in lane seven, that's Tom. He's a dick. So uh, <laughs> yeah, let's hope never. Tom doesn't win. You know, <laughs> he just, they all have a great story. There's no one like to root against. Mike, the water polo guy, throws it to Larry. The water polo guy <laughs> caught it. And Larry, Larry's dyslexic. You know that. <laughs> He's overcome his dyslexia, though, and become the first person from his part of the country to play in the Olympics. Everyone's the first. Yeah. The youngest. Always a great story. About to be. Which is good. I mean, that's always what hooks you. That's yeah. why we um, we love these moments. These, I mean, you think about the people in the past. I remember hunting down Bonnie Blair at a yeah. Sox game, and I got her autograph. That's awesome. She threw out the first pitch. I remember she was like the speed skater that was from Illinois. Yeah, and she got a ton of pubs. She took some gold home for the U.S. of A. Yeah, and then she's at Comiskey, and that's I'm like, great. that's Bonnie Blair. There's that's- a Local boy this year. Oh, yeah. There's a uh, Ryan Murphy, I think is his name, the big swimmer. I think he took home some gold in 2016, too. He's Palos. No kidding. Yeah. I like Hell that. Oh, yeah. Like a local suburb. Like, I Chicago's didn't know that. great. But when they're like a local, Dude. you know what I mean? Like, you can really pinpoint it if it's like, oh, Palos Heights. Yeah. Oh, I've never heard of this guy. I, it, Ryan Murphy? Yeah. Oh, man. I'm going to, I feel, I'm ashamed if he's from Palos and I don't, this should be, let's have him on. <laughs> But he the can, he's going to be, be at the hundredth episode. <laughs> Am I wrong about that? We have an, an Olympian. So here's a story, dude. This is kind of a Wando. Mm-hmm. Um, people might remember I did the Chicago stand-up project here. You did yes. You want to tell us a little bit about uh, what that is? PBS Chicago, great show. We did a show here where we'd get like um un, like local celebrities. Okay. Some of them were not even local, national, famous sure. people. Sure, famous. that were well-known people that were known. For something other than comedy, obviously. It was kind of like Dancing with the Stars, but stand-up. Absolutely. And one of the guys we had was Shawnee Davis, Olympic speed skater. Yes. From Chicago. Chicago. Very cool. And dude, he had been like ripped up in the papers as like not the best guy. He was the nicest guy. Yeah. He was incredible. He was really, I mean, you, you talk about someone misunderstood. And I could see how he could be misunderstood. He was awesome. And um, I just brought him up because this moment for these people, and, and we see it, and, you, and then you, you know, it fades a little bit. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah it was, dude, he brought the gold medals. That's incredible, man. And he had them. He brought the gold medals to the taping and, like, had, you know, you, you yeah. pick it up. And he lets you hold it. And, dude, it is significant. It really is. Really is. And you think about it too, like this is, you know, because most athletic achievements can be accomplished annually, right? Like I go get them next year. This is every four. And you're, so your window is so narrow, right? When you think of athletes anyways, like at your peak, it's probably four to six year period. Like you've got one, maybe two cracks at it, you know? So you've got to be that much more focused than everybody else. If you want to get to that level. I mean, it's incredible. I mean, to, to get to that point and in anything other than the curling, but to get to that point, 
you got to be like, it's got to be amazing. <laughs> and the people that dominate a couple Olympics, that's yeah. remarkable. I remember, I just remember thinking as a kid, like four years, that's so long. I know. So long. Well, cause it was at that point. Like, yeah. Like, I don't even remember four years ago. Well, yeah, you're seven. I mean, you're watching it now and like my kids will say something like that. The next Olympics, I'll be in eighth grade or I'll be in, you know, they're thinking right. that way. Like what, how yeah. much is going to happen between now and then for sure. Absolutely. Um, my first Olympics I really kind of dialed into was 84. 84. I see that was too young for me. And, um, American dominance, especially in gymnastics. Now, so this is post Nadia Komnich. Kom yep. So a lot of these Eastern Europeans had dominated, right? But then Russia didn't come to 84. That's right. They boycotted. Man. Because we boycotted uh, 80 summer, right? Yeah, we did. Yeah, so I remember those, uh, <laughs> they had shirts like, the Russians aren't coming, the Russians aren't coming, the Russians aren't coming. <laughs> and they... Um, <laughs> It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it was. I remember. I think that was clever. That's some good merch. It really is. That's solid right there. Um, and then they dominated. I just remember the gymnast being like the gymnastics being like the event that captured the the summer that year. Yeah, Mary Lou Retton. Mary Lou Retton. Absolutely. Was like, she was it. Yeah. Everyone was going nuts about her, and uh, and then the guys too, like Bart Connors. I remember, and I mean, those some of the names I would see and remember, but uh -huh. that's that was the Olympics that kind of. And MJ was there taking gold for yes, he basketball. Was. Yes, he was. That was um, that was probably one of our most dominant Olympics, right? The '84. Yeah, and that was like right in the heart of oh, come all on. of that. I mean, from but you think about also the connection between the Olympics and U.S. Russia tensions. Like this was our. I mean, you go back to gold medal hockey. Right. You go right. back to the 72 basketball game. Oh man. I mean, like this has been, you know, the Olympics and U S Russia relations have been hand in hand. You know, by the time we do our next episode, there could be some shit during this Olympics right. that like sets us off against them again. Really interesting. Dude, that 72 Olympics that what was that? That was Munich. That's where they had the tragedy too. Yeah. The hijacking of the Israeli athletes. Yeah. Murder, oh my God. Murdered them. Like, brutal. Unbelievable. Brutal. So that game though, you ever see that documentary? I, so I can't find it anywhere. Three seconds to gold. Three seconds to gold. I cannot find it oh anywhere. God. But reading the article, Guys. I was like, well, that's it. No, there's more. Okay. Well, that's Wait, What do you mean? There's like, it just keeps going. It's got to be on YouTube or something. Yeah. I think it might be because it's not on any streaming service. Brims, if you don't know the end of the 72 gold medal game of USA versus Russia, it's, it's insane. Yeah. They were completely robbed. And that is a great story. Incredible story. And I heard the story from Doug Collins at Doug Collins camp. Really? And he told the story. I mean, this is firsthand story. Wow. So dude, I mean, uh, that's like rich uncle money, Penny being at yes. our financial camp, <laughs> right? Doug Collins probably will be at our hundredth episode to tell this story. But <laughs> Thanks to Ryan Murphy. We used to work together, Doug and I at his camp, <laughs> but dude, he told the whole camp, this story about the 72 Olympics game. They never, Officially gave them that time out. Right? They never took their gold medals. They oh, never, really? They boycotted the medal ceremony. They never went and got them. They're in a safe deposit box somewhere. They're silver medals in wow. Switzerland. They've never claimed them. Um, Doug Collins was going to be the hero. Yeah. And, you know, he was the one of the best college players at the time. He ended up being like the number one pick in the NBA draft. So he gets fouled. USA is down one. He gets fouled with like three seconds, three to seconds go. left. And he's like, 
I felt like I was almost knocked unconscious. Like yeah. he was down and um, he got up and he's like, now, meanwhile, my father is at home watching this game on delay in uh, Benton, Illinois. And he That's thinks insane. his son, he thinks his son is going to the free throw line because all he knows is America lost. He knows that we lost, but he doesn't know how. And the game hasn't been played yet. Wow. On TV. Hasn't aired yet. So his dad's watching the sh- and he's like, oh my gosh, my son's about to go to the, and miss the free throw line and miss these free throws. To cost us. And cost us a gold medal. Holy shit. So his dad, he said, was like sick to his stomach. I couldn't imagine. And then he watches his son sink. <laughs> Swish. The two free throws. And then, and then, as that's happening, there's so much more. So he's like, where is this going And back? then 10 minutes later, after three different finishes, Russia wins. And it's like the ultimate, like, what? You yeah. want to, it's just, it's robbery. Oh, that's incredible. That's a great story. Yeah, it's, uh, I just remember that sticking with me. Doug Collins um, would have been, I mean, he already he had a great career. Yeah. He's still going. But he would have been an Olympic hero too. Add to that, right. you know what I'm saying? But he was—he um, still had a great life. But it's, that's a moment that you know yeah. he would have been Michael Phelps or right. Mark Spitz. God, I mean, the these are names almost that, yeah. better. Yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously, it's, he's not going to go down lore the same way, right? Like you don't think of him with, as those great Olympians in that same regard. But that story is almost a better story in the long run, isn't it? Because yeah. like Spitz's accomplishments can be beaten. No one else is going to have what <laughs> what happened to Doug Collins happen to them. <laughs> right. So with two and a half seconds left, the Russians just beat the shit out of us. Like, it's not going to happen. And maybe, but. I always loved that. His name was Spitz and he yeah. was in water. Yeah. Isn't that great? It's like, yeah. of course he's in the pool. There are some people who are just made for their jobs. And you're like, oh, is that a name you took on for that? No, it's really you. Okay. Like uh, uh, Johnny Microphone, famed comedian. Right. Remember him? Oh yeah, right for sure. <laughs> I couldn't think of any examples at all. I, I was drifting too because I remember there was a story about Mark Spitz. He is um, Jewish guy, mm-hmm. and that was going on at the Olympics, and he was feeling very, um, you know, unsafe. Yeah, and pressure, and you know, it was not a normal Olympic experience for an athlete. And he had a lot to overcome for that too. So it's like, there's always these stories, right? Yeah. And like, who do you think of when you uh, think of the Olympics? When I think of Olympic glory, I certainly first and foremost think of uh, the 92 Reebok uh, advertisements with Dan and Dave. I think that is. <laughs> That's your vision the, of Olympic glory. Who's going to be the best athlete in the world? Dan versus Dave. I completely forgot about oh, Dan and Dave. this. It Who is. was that for? So this was, uh, is it Dave Johnson and Dan O'Brien? Am I back in, I, I might be I, It was definitely Dan O'Brien. I remember okay. that because there were a million Dan O'Briens in our neighborhood. Yeah. So one it, of them went to St. Cajetans and it was like this guy, Dan, O'Bri- Dan O'Brien. Yeah. And anyone who yells at us for talking too much sports, buckle up. It's the Olympics. All yeah, right? right. This only happens once every four, you know? So we're going to do this. Um, but Dan and Dave were like, they were these two great decathletes, right? And the whole, the whole Reebok campaign was built around who's going to win it all in the Olympics. Who's going to be better Dan versus Dave. And like, you could call in, you know, I think there was like an 800 number you called in, probably a 900 number. It was like 75 cents <laughs> where you could vote if you wanted Dan or Dave, who you thought was going to be the best one. And then, and then Dan, Dan O'Brien, famed South Sider, Dan O'Brien <laughs> didn't make the Olympic squad. 
Didn't make it. Took the air right out of that campaign. Just And Reebok was already reeling at this point. Nike's right. just dominant with Jordan. And it's like, this is the comeback. You know, this is where it's going to happen. 1992, Dan versus Dave. They're each going to have their own pumps. You know, you'll pump up your gold medal on your new Dan or Dave shoes. You had pumps at that. I, of course you, I had pumps. You I almost did. bought a pair of Michael Chang's a few weeks ago just for the nostalgia factor. I never uh, had pumps. Oh, they were great. I, I wanted them. But uh, I couldn't, I couldn't drift from Nike. I get but it. The pumps were great. Those were awesome. But so, one of them doesn't make the squad, so they've got to like re-engineer the whole campaign to be like Dan cheering for Dave in the background. <laughs> like it was just like, go Dave, you're the better one, you know? Because it was <laughs> that was brutal. Oh my god, I felt so bad for that guy. But the crazy part that I don't think anyone, I didn't remember this either, um, is you know, so Dave. Uh, like hurt himself, but still got a bronze during that decathlon, right? Like yeah. proved that he was worthwhile of being in that conversation. In 96, Dan O'Brien bounces back, wins the gold medal. Wow. Yeah, right? Like goes from not making it and being the oh, GOAT yeah. to now with all that pressure off and probably a really renewed sense of, I got to get out there and prove myself. Four years later, goes out and wins the gold in the 96 Olympics. That's an awesome story. I believe that was, was that Atlanta, 96? Yeah. Yeah, so right here on home turf. That could have gone the other way. Oh, man. how, how? From uh, Barcelona. We talked about a thimble <laughs> earlier. Now I want to talk about Barcelona. <laughs> they uh, they were in Spain for that in 92. Yeah, they were. And then, wow, what a story. Then no one's Ibiza. done that 30 for 30? No. Or that documentary? I'm sure there has been somewhere, right? Dan versus Dave. He's got to be killing it on the motivational speaking tour market. Oh, man. I want the documentary, as long as it has an interview with the Reebok executive who, like, greenlit this. Right. You know, and he's like, I'm on top of the world. Everyone's loving me. And then five weeks to go. Er <laughs> so what do you mean he didn't make it? You know, the boss just comes in, drops the, <laughs> drops the new sports section <laughs> on his desk. What the fuck is this? O'Brien, he's, he's, he didn't qualify? Simmons, get over here. I thought he already was qualified. What are we doing an ad with a guy who's not qualified? You didn't. You didn't never told me he wasn't qualified. He was going to qualify. It was supposed to be a layup. How's he going to be the best athlete in the world when he's not even one of the best in his country? Can you imagine the talk around the That's locker room? crazy. And I mean, people had that. to be like, oh, you're going to put him on TV? You can't even make it? Like, and remind our listeners what the decathlete is. You, gotta, you run, yes, and, then you, 10, and right? then you shoot a rifle. Yes. Right? And then you, you roll down a hill. You do. It's 10 different sports. And then you roll down a hill. Throw, up a, throw a softball up and hit it. It's hit it over the fence. That, that, is, a, <laughs> that is correct. You uh, have to play 500. You have to beat everyone else in a game of 500. Then you um, jump on a bike and, and pegs. That's correct. And you, and you skateboard. You, yep, you skateboard. You javelin. And then the last one, curling. <laughs> is it really? Yeah. Ironically enough, it's curling. Why aren't kids practicing that? Curling? That's the future. I mean, they are practicing that in Wisconsin and Minnesota. And there's I mean, like a curling club in DuPage County now. It's probably why Bobcat moves here. If the Dan O'Briens we knew growing up were in the Olympics, that's what it would have been in. Sure. I would be <laughs> Southsiders. Drinking be, beer be and curling. Cold I'm sure. Why don't we have a team up at Cork? I'm ready for curling. We should be brushing out the ice up there. I'm 12 beers in. I like to be outside in negative 10 degree weather. I'm it's, perfect. Is bags? When's bags going to be in it? It's got to be thing. soon because they've added some like three on three basketball is one now. Curling is kind of bags ish. Yeah, it is. It's like bocce ball ish. Yeah, that's right, right up our alley. We there should be having like all, we got all these guys playing softball in all these leagues up here. They're blowing out their knees and they're not on TV. Not even close. They're not be, do, just being sent to Tokyo. No, 
Wow. Meanwhile, that talent exists out here. It sure does. It certainly does. We could absolutely. And that's going to be a part of our camp. Yeah. Curling. (laughs) And the the 100th episode, we're going to do the Brimley Olympics. (laughs) I can't wait for the camp. That's going to be fun. All right. What else do we have on the the Olympics? Flojo? Carl Lewis. I was really into Carl Lewis. Yeah. And he came on my, my radar in 84. I remember I did a book report on him. I was just like fascinated with how fast he was. Yeah. And then when he got beat by Ben Johnson, here's, here comes Ben Johnson. Who the, who the hell is Ben Ben Johnson? Johnson, Right. And that crushed me. It's like, you don't, he lost to Carl Lewis. First of all, Carl Lewis lost. Never loses to anyone. And then to a Canadian. Yeah. Like what? Yeah. That was a shock. And then here we were vindicated. Here we go. Ben Johnson cheated. Yeah. And that was one of the big scandals I remember from the Olympics, uh, there's been probably many since sure. as we've all declined oh. as a society. I mean, or the other ones like, are just getting away with it. Yeah, and now like the countries are involved, you know? <laughs> now it's like they, it's a doping scandal, like from the highest levels of society. Oh, can you imagine what they were doing that with the guy who was beating Jesse Owens? <laughs> yeah, like right. Mac, Max Schmerling or whatever the hell. They were probably putting horse stuff in him. <laughs> Hitler was probably like, Yeah, put it in a oh, the thing, thing, feist, feist, feist. That's the <laughs> First Hitler impression I've ever heard. I think. What do you think he was uh, putting in in that dude? That's a great question. I mean, we're probably uh, we've probably been cheating all along. Uh, absolutely. So did uh, did Carl? He got the gold medal, right? He got the gold medal, and then uh, they let him sing the national anthem. If <laughs> you haven't heard it yet, oh god! He should have sang it on top of the platform. They should have handed him the microphone. If he. If someone's got to splice that, uh, Google him singing Carl Lewis at the Bulls game, and if that if that were the opening ceremonies, I would have watched all eleven hours of it. Was it a Bulls game? Yes, it was a Bulls game because the Bulls drafted him in like the seventh oh, round. God, they did. They drafted. They did draft him, and just like they also, someone drafted Secretariat. I think they were like the NBA yeah. had seven rounds and you had twelve players on a team, so no one gave a shit. That's a trivia question. Name the two Olympic old athletes the Bulls drafted in nineteen eighty four. Really? Michael Jordan and Carl Lewis. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I remember that question. That's a great question. Um, all right. So uh, Olympic glory, as Jim stated earlier. What about any other final thoughts about the, the rings before we put throw the rings away? <laughs> no, I, uh, I, I think it's going to be a fun, what do we got, like a week and a half of this left? We're going to see some things. We're going to meet some new Olympic heroes. I miss the opening ceremonies. I tell you what, I never watch the closing ceremonies. No, People do gone. like that though. It's it's they they do button it up. It's very ritualistic, yeah, right? Absolutely. And that's what I I do like about the Olympics. I think I can remember the flame going through my neighborhood when I was a kid. Really? Came down um, Western Avenue, I believe, when we were kids. And it was, um, that was 84, I believe, on its way to L.A. Wow. They ran it through Chicago. And it was, um, you know, I'm sure there were some conversations had. Yeah. That it better come through the 19th Ward. <laughs> because you know what else comes through here? Votes. Darn right. We're going to be delivering the turnout. You, said, you know, come mm-hmm. down Western Avenue. And, that, and they did. That's awesome. And um, 96, Muhammad Ali, Atlanta. That's like a, a moment everyone can picture right now as we Absolutely. talk about it. Absolutely. Endearing moment. And, you know, as you get older and you see his story, when they put it into his story, it's even more um, compelling. Right. Yeah. Seeing it on its own as, as a, as a teenager was fine. It was very cool. But then in the context of that documentary, it was like, oh man, this was, you you forget how big it was. Exactly. At our age, we had 
and we still probably don't, but we didn't have as much of an appreciation for what he was and yeah. who he was. Right. I agree. I mean, but anyway, the, uh, the lighting of the torch is, is very cool. I always think, how'd they do it this year? Just a Zippo. Oh, did they? <laughs> yeah. They just used a Zippo. There's just a lot going on, you know? Uh, so they just had a guy, but he didn't have any butane in it at first. So they had to turn it over. They had to get a can and <laughs> like light it. He did the thing where you snap and light the well, Zippo. They, Do you remember those? They were cross promoting it with a Jason Statham movie. <laughs> so he came out, yeah, zippoed off his leather coat and threw, uh-huh. just threw behind, over his shoulder. He did the thing where he flicked his wrist to open it and then, and then <laughs> did it off the leather coat and then did it. Yeah. It was pretty cool. It was very cool. Really? Yeah. No, did they come up with something clever? I didn't watch that part. Pat. You didn't? I watched part of the the tournament, like the touring of the nations when they come in and they're like, you know, Ivory Coast has <laughs> 3,000 people and four Olympic athletes. It's a pretty good ratio at the Ivory Coast. Yeah. That's, that is their moment. Yeah. Is the opening ceremony. That's why they, they usually have the best outfits. They really they're do. They're going to be seen like, hey, this is, they're only, they're only going to talk about us when we're rocking in the arena. Yeah. They also, um, they did it in uh, Japanese alphabetical order, which right. makes sense, right? Because you're in Tokyo, so they do it, uh, they, they announce the teams in the alphabetical order of the host nation. They did it in Chinese? They did it in Japanese. They did it in the language of the host nation. So they introduced the teams in the alphabetical order of the Japanese language. So it was very, before I realized that, I'm like, Morocco doesn't belong here. Mm-mm. They yeah. shouldn't be third, you know? <laughs> And then I figured it out eventually as I went. Very American of me to assume that they're going to do it in our language. Yeah, right. I mean, you always assume that. And then uh, when you're reminded, you're like, okay, yeah, yeah, I remember. And then uh, I saw the drones. They did something cool with drones. Oh, yeah. They made like a big earth. Um, and then I saw I saw, I saw the torch was uh, presented by Weber Grill. And it was a uh, big charcoal grill. And they just had a... Uh, a Japanese dude running down the stairs with lighter fluid. Yeah, I think there was a promo code involved and you can get 10 bucks off. Then you just lit the trail of lighter fluid <laughs> up into the Weber. Tonight's torch ceremony brought to you by Weber Grill. Just the guy up there making burgers. <laughs> we'll be right back. Yeah, dude, we're going to have a uh, sponsor soon. Oh, yeah? Grill. I don't know. I love it. All right. Hey. All right. Do we have anything to tease? Anything to... Promo. I'm local this week. I'll be at uh, La Fiesta if any brims are out there for the show on Wednesday on the South Side. Stop by and say hi. Saturday I'll be in Glenview uh, for a great show called Chicago's Finest Stand Up. Um, closing out a nice little lineup at 1090 Brewery. Nice, in, uh, dude. In Glenview, so swing by if bow, you bow, are bow. nearby. Uh, obviously, if you're out in Atlantic City, you already have your ticket, so you can't get in. Yeah, we're going to be uh, doing those shows and uh, stopping in New Hampshire on the way out there. I'm excited okay. to check out doing a room out there that's like everyone's done it's like a hundred years old yeah this uh old school place so i love it i can't wait to hear all about it next week all right everybody make sure you are downloading subscribing reviewing and uh what did we ask for uh feedback on how much did you pay to come to a live taping goodbye (laughs) joking (laughs) no everyone have a great week and uh let's get let's get at that jimmy yeah you got we'll see you soon 100 episodes is a big deal it sure is Bye.